Welcome, Femboldeners. I am just so excited to share this episode with you with my coach, my mentor, my go-to person, Shoshana Raven. Shoshana is a business and leadership mentor for heart-centered entrepreneurs and coaches claiming their voice in growing community-centric businesses. In 2015, she quit corporate consulting for a one-way ticket to India. After 30 plus countries and a career in freelance business journalism and yoga, she launched the Living Brave podcast. The platform quickly expanded into international retreats, sold out signature coaching programs, and a global movement of shame slaying leaders. Living Brave grew organically from $0 to over 650K in revenue in just over a year. In line with her mission to break shame and stigma, and inspire true connection, she speaks openly about taboos, including her positive genital herpes status, financial freedom, and female empowerment. This episode is so juicy. Let's get started. Let's get deep. Welcome to Femboldened, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, women's empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow sisters to energize you into living your bold. The question is, are you ready? Let's get started. Embolden. Welcome, welcome, Femboldeners. I am so excited you're here today because I have a very special guest with us, Shoshana Raven, my current mentor and a person that I just aspire to be when I grow up. Um, (laughs) Welcome, Shosh. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm so honored and excited to be here. I already feel my energy levels rising as I always feel when I'm in your presence. So I'm so excited to dive in. Yeah. How, how are you today? What's like, okay, even better. What's alive for you today? Oh my gosh. What's alive for me? So Scorpio sun here. We're in Scorpio full moon. I love astrology because anything that validates your emotions and helps you understand yourself and move through the world, I'm a hell yes. (laughs) So I'm going through some shifts and movement and evolution of self and death and rebirth. So Scorpio. Uh, So yeah, I'm feeling all the things. And, you know, I just posted something on Instagram yesterday. It was almost like my own journal entry of really reflecting on leadership and how leadership is really like a muscle. So that's what I'm, what's alive for me is like the muscle of leadership, which I think there's this misconception that it's just like this quality that you're born with. Right. And not this skill, this attitude, this muscle that's built over time through actually holding polarity. And so really being able to hold the polarity of abundance and scarcity of fear and excitement and belief, right. Of the doubt and the vision and then choosing, right. And doing it anyway. I know that this is what you talk about on the podcast. I think that that choice point, that choice point where we say, okay, now what imposter syndrome is not going to go away. 
the grief isn't going to go away. And so how do we move forward? And so I'm really feeling like my own leadership muscle strengthen and just actually expanding my understanding of, of what self-leadership is, of what leadership for your community is in terms of being able to hold all of it and then still acting. Yes. I love that. The, the whole, first off astrology, I've never been able to, I, I, I agree it's so nice to say, oh, right, hold on. Is this just me or is there something happening here? And it is very validating for the out of what seems to be out of the blue shifts and emotions. But for me, it's just never clicked. It was never something I could understand. I could tell you what my sun sign is and my moon sign. Can't tell you what that's all about. And yesterday I felt the pull to, to look at a um, or replay a video that I did of my human design and destiny mapping and astrology. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm exactly where I need to be. This is perfect. All my decisions are aligned. So just wanted to speak to that for a second. But for, I also wanted to speak to this new notion for me of, of polarity, right? And, and I, I don't think I really under, it was a word that was thrown around within my circles for a long time, but I didn't quite understand it. Until one night I realized I could be grateful and angry at the same person at the same time. What, I guess, where did, where did you have this recognition of polarity? What's its definition for you and how are you utilizing it now? I love that question. And, you know, Raven is not my last name. It's not my middle name. (laughs) It's a name that. (laughs) My dad actually wanted to name me Raven. And for the longest time, it didn't have any real significance besides, you know, I love my dad. He's such a spiritual teacher for me and we're like soulmates, but it was never something that I was going to use as my name for so long. Like so many of us can remember it was like this, this idea of myself as a woman, as a girl, as, you know, moving through the world in that way my name means Rose. My name means Rose in Hebrew. So it's like the beauty and like having to like be beautiful and being almost like in this world of toxic positivity and never allowing things to leave, right? Like through like toxic relationships and through even female friendships of people who just weren't in my highest or, you know, I was always like so afraid of death, always afraid, uh, always you know, trying to have this beautiful exterior, really, I think being defined by, you know, having to look a certain way and navigating my own like food body issues and things like this and being afraid of letting go of things, being so afraid of the ending in the, in our culture, right. In Western culture, it's like, we don't look at things in the cyclical nature as some of the Eastern cultures do. And really what the feminine is, right. The cyclicality of life, but more like this linear thing where the end is the end. And we all don't talk about that. And so reclaiming like the Raven as the name that my dad wanted to give me as the messenger really of the spiritual realm and of death, and of death and rebirth and of the cyclicality of things and the shedding of layers of self, right? The metamorphosis. These are two of my tattoos, which to me show the polarity of like, you you can be in the beauty and you can see the light. And also like, if we're in, that's not reality. And reality is that we have to let go to invite in new growth. And we have to be brave enough and courageous enough to let things die. Mm. So that if they're meant for us, they come back and they're reborn. And this happened to me, you know, the other day with a friend that 
we were like best friends, you know, and things got pretty complicated and then it ended. And I remember in that moment years ago thinking, you know what? I am going to let this go. I was reading Women Who Run With The Wolves, which I love by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And she talks about this as well. And I said, if this relationship is meant to come back, it will come back in a new form. And I just talked to that friend for the first time in a couple of years. And she was like, I've been watching everything that you've been doing. And I'm just so happy to be reconnected. And it was through that spaciousness and a part of our relationship died. And now we get to experience it again, in a new way. It takes so much courage to be in that uncertainty of what's next. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. My goodness. I love getting to know you on a deeper level too. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so interesting that you're speaking to this, not only this, this fear of, of death itself and how there's this, there's this wonderful book called Being Mortal by Atul Agande, I believe is his last name. And it's all about how Western medicine is so afraid of death that we do anything to keep a patient alive. And if, it, if that patient passes, then it's it feels like it's on us and how we don't have open communication in our families about what do you want to do if this happens? How do you want your funeral to be? You, there's none of that because there's so much fear around the end. So it's so this fear around death, not just physically, but like you had said, when a friendship cycle is is at its end, so so much fear about letting go. Um, of of those moments, and I had a very similar, um, how do I want to say it, reflection yesterday while I was rocking Ezra, thinking about a friend that I've had for twenty years, but I haven't spoken to, and yet there's like a little part of me that says, "Well, what if? What if I can just hang on to her?" And I then and then I realized, you know, it's safe to let her go. It's not going. It's okay that it's not the same. It served. It's had its season. It served its purpose. I still love her. She still loves me. It means nothing if this relationship is no longer what it used to be. So thank you for bringing that up. Those are all. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so on point for the Scorpio archetype, right? And like really the, the words that we use and the way we look at these things are so important. Like if we frame it as a completion, like, oh, I'm complete rather like I'm quitting or I'm fleeing or I'm leaving. Like there's, I truly believe that everything is infused with the, the intention of the energy behind it. It's like, oh, I'm complete here. I feel complete in this cycle. It's just such a more like empowered way to look at things ending. I love the completion. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shifting a little bit. I'd love it if you would like to share the story of you, quote unquote, then Mm -hmm. and where you are now. And what bold decisions or what bold decision or decisions were made to make you not make you, but to, to shift you into Shoshana Raven, who you are today. Definitely. Well, I love the whole symbology of the name. I think that you grow into a name. So I feel like and some people will laugh. I have a friend named Michael who's like, what are we on? Shosh, like (laughs) 
35.0. You know, it's just so fun to just wake up a new version of yourself. But I'd say, you know, Shoshana Raven or Living Brave and that iteration of self and the the business and the brand and the the lifestyle of like this commitment to actually facing fear head on and doing the things that scare you and being brave and really like that genuine connection to self and to others started through my process of uncovering the shame and the trauma and the this all the stickiness that came with general herpes so that is was an initiation into this, into living brave was, you know, I had already gone through unplugging from the matrix of the nine to five and realizing, wow, we actually have uh, this ability to create our reality. Of course, you know, not spiritually bypassing that. And there are certain conditions that we all live in, but actually realizing that most of us are living in a false reality of what's possible for us because And most people are convincing themselves that like the life that they want is out of reach or it's somehow reserved for those kinds of people. And as a 22 year old working 60 hours a week, six days a week in New York City, getting XL coffees on my way to work every morning, addicted to Adderall, feeling like a shell of myself. I woke up to the fact that actually this wasn't like the pinnacle of success. Like everyone told me it was. In fact, I was dying on the inside And there's a rebirth and awakening, realizing that, oh my gosh, there's a whole community of people. There's a global movement of conscious entrepreneurs, of digital nomads. And I actually want to try my best to leave my corner of the world a bit better off than how I came here. And I think I have a better chance of changing the world if I go and I see it first or I experience myself. And so that was when I I left and I quit my job. But I, I think even through that, you know, a few years into it, there was a sense of confidence, but it was almost this conditional confidence that we talk about where it's like, yes, I'm free and I'm, I'm experiencing the world, but there's that depth and that like true, true connection to self, that embodied sense of like unapologetic expression confidence that wasn't really there. There's actually still shame and, and really living my life based on old stories of who I was as a woman and where my worth came from. And so herpes came to me in Nepal and I was working at a kid's center there. And I was writing a few hours a day. I was working at a kid's center with untouchable cast children, which was a really like eye-opening experience. And I was in a, a medieval city called Bhaktapur. So very far outside of, um, you know, the world that I had known and I got super sick, you know, 104 fever, nerve pain down my legs, like listening to my Bhakti yoga playlist, just being like, am I going to die here? Like what is happening? Buying a dollar antibiotics. Cause you could do that at the kiosk mm-hmm. down the street. And you know, going to the local doctor and him telling me, you know, you have typhoid or women just get stressed. Women just get stressed. And finally doing the research on my own on Google and realizing that, you know, this thing, general herpes is this big stigmatized thing that everyone's afraid of, you know, that probably one or two times in college, I was definitely afraid that I had herpes and, you know, went through the whole thing, which is actually worse, maybe just as bad as finding out that I have it, you know, scarlet letter, (laughs) um, and feeling like my life was over. And that, in those moments where you feel like you're connected mind, body, spirit, the yoga teacher, the traveler, oh no, no, I'm good. And then 
really just a general herpes status. It can make you feel like your life is over, that no one's going to love you. That, you know, that to me is like, whoa, those moments that shake you awake to like, well, how anchored are you really? And so that journey of really exploring genital herpes and how it uncovered shame, all it does is uncovers existing stories and shame. It doesn't create new ones. It's just like, oh, look where your confidence is conditional. Look where your self-love and self-worth is conditional. Look where stigma lives within you. And look where you're harboring all of these insecurities. And so, you know, I think it's so humbling to realize that we go through so many lows in life and uh, many awakenings. So I'd had like my big awakening. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later in Denver, I'm in another low. Oh, shoot. You have a couple rock bottoms in life. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Probably going to have another one soon. You know, okay. This happens. Sure. And uh, through that, like, you know, one night crying myself to sleep, my roommate had a party and just feeling like so alone and just a a shell of myself again. I I realized like, wow, I can either continue to do this or I can rebuild my relationship with myself. I can explore maybe some unresolved trauma and shame around genital herpes. And I did that. You know, I started running. I ran a half marathon. I took a road trip across the country. I went to like seven music festivals and worked at these festivals alone. I met amazing people. I pitched my own tent. I stopped drinking alcohol. I started really like having intentional conscious relationships, spending so much time alone, dating myself, started talking openly about general herpes again. And from that place of power, I connected with people on such a, a heart level. I actually went on a vulnerability spree where I told all of the guys that I had kind of had a crush on or dated, um, not because I thought they had herpes, you know, I didn't sleep with these people, but just because I wanted to practice telling people because there was a burning desire within me to share this story with the world, especially once I realized that one in four or one in five people have general herpes and were like such a weight off their shoulder and that sharing your story can save a life. That was my practice of telling people. And through that, I realized, you know, we're the ones undervaluing ourselves because all these people wanted to be my friend. All these people wanted to share their deep, dark secret with me. All these people finally felt seen. All these people really loved me and wanted to give me a hug. And so I was undervaluing them thinking that they just saw me as an object or that they'd think of me as less than. So what a beautiful, beautiful journey. That's how I met my partner, Miles. Like that's how, you know, the the exact opposite of what you think will happen happens. And that was really the catalyst for living brave is like, wow, vulnerability is your superpower. Your shame is your portal to your own self-expression and to connection. Like you've never experienced it before and everything else is stemmed from there. (laughs) I love that so much. My goodness. And and it speaks to how many how many evolutions can be inside inside of us. I mean, and how just as you said earlier, you can wake up one day and be an entire different version of yourself. And it's I think the lesson or lessons behind your share is that it's safe to do so. Oh my gosh. So safe. Yeah. To really, I, I think one of the most valuable takeaways I've had from our time together outside of 
our, our talk right now is that it's safe to be playful, you know, and, and, and being able to detach from making something mean something that it really doesn't, well, it doesn't mean that, but it also doesn't mean anything at all. (laughs) We just like to label things to Mm. keep our minds busy, but those things have been so expansive and eye-opening for me and realizing that it's, it's safe to play. It's safe to be me. It's safe to explore. It's safe to experiment have been game changers. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to hear that. And that's why I love storytelling because truly like nothing has meaning until we give it meaning. And as storytellers, we're meaning makers. Like everything is neutral and then we charge it with energy. We charge it with meaning. It's always like, you know, that's the ultimate taking your power back when you can pick up the pen and tell a new story because you're giving things different meaning. They're deciding to look at things through a different lens. They're deciding to be like, be the one who decides what it means rather than life deciding for you or other people deciding for you. Uh, So I love that so much. And I love the playfulness too. It gets to be fun. It gets to be fun. And I think like, especially in business and, you know, working with so many female entrepreneurs and leaders, so much like inner child stuff can come up. All of a sudden we feel like if 10 people don't sign up for our program, then it's like the end of the world. And all of a sudden, like, we are not sure about our own artistry. And it's just like remembering that it gets to be fun and being playful. And back to our first conversation, like we die. So why, <laughs> so why are we going to freak out about not hitting this month's milestone? It's so easy to get caught up in the, in the rat race. And it's nice to have goals. Goals should be fun. Goals should be like, wouldn't this be so cool? I can do it. I believe in myself. Anything below this, I get to learn. It's a lesson. It doesn't mean anything about me. It doesn't mean that my life's at risk. It doesn't mean that I can't play and have fun. Yes, I love that. Getting to those moments, those rock bottom moments, right before the decision to be vulnerable. What was that small gap that brought you there? Oh my goodness. It's actually like a huge gap, but it's small. (laughs) It is right. And that's why I always think, especially for someone who hasn't put their heart out on the line or who's like, I have all these ideas for a business that it's like that starter limbo that I like to call it. Like, you know, like, oh yeah, I'd really want to start that, but I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I'm like, that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) of course you don't because you learn through doing it right like I never knew I was going to be leading this leadership mastermind when I started my podcast or when I started even empowerment coaching but you it's like this false notion that keeps you in starter limbo that you're you need to know exactly what it's going to look like Mm -hmm. in order to start Mm -hmm. or like you need to have all the clarity you need to know your life purpose no, no, no. You just decide to be passionate. You decide to start somewhere. And, you know, getting the support is extremely helpful to have someone mirror back and help you, you know, process and gain clarity. Sure. And we learn along the way. So 
I'd say that was the gap is like almost the, who am I to do this thing? Or like, wait, Mm -hmm. I don't quite know. Or what platform it's like all the mind games that happen. Like, wait, I'm confused. I don't know where to start. I don't know what platform to put it on. And I was blowing up places like the moth, um, a storytelling platform. I was, I pitched my story to a lot of different publications. And I had this feeling in my head, like it just had to be per like, it just had to be this big thing or else I couldn't do it. Right. Like when you feel like mm-hmm. it's so close to my heart, just ask me this big thing. Yeah. And so that actually kept me in limbo for a while until I realized like I could do my own thing. I don't have to pitch it to mm-hmm. women's health. You know, I can start my own podcast and you know what, like I might be shaking on my way to record and it might not be perfect, but it's going to be what it exactly what it needs to be in that moment. And looking back and listening to episode one of my podcast, I'm not the same person, but it's exactly what it needed to be in that moment. And it's exactly what it needed to be for those people who still listen, right? Even though I'm not the same. So I think it's almost like at some point you start to call bullshit on your own stories. And like the starter limbo stuff of like, wait, 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 I'm not clear yet. Wait, 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 I don't quite know. I wish I knew my passion, right? You actually like the truth within your heart, like that burning desire. I believe we're all creative beings. I believe we all have solutions placed on our heart that we need to share with the world. It's almost like that, mm, that, that calling within yourself. That's just so powerful that starts to push up against the stories of you're not ready yet which of course you're not. That's the point. Right. And then at that, there's just like a breaking point where it's like, okay. And for some people that's a couple of years. Like for me, I wanted to start the podcast and share my story for probably over a year until finally it was like, you know, every time I close my eyes in meditation, I'm like, I have to tell the story, (laughs) you know, it's just, oh, it's right there. And so I think when your heart and your soul's calling pushes up against like the I'm not ready yet and all the stories and all the fear and all of the what will they thinks and all of a sudden the the heart the soul calling becomes more powerful and you realize that actually all of the pieces come in to support you when you take action it doesn't happen before especially if you're paving your own way this this thought that the path is going to be paved for you before you take the first step Mm-hmm. It doesn't add up, right? Like if you're truly paving your own way and entrepreneurship is truly like from an innovative place to solving a problem in a new way is telling a new story. No one's walked that path, but every step that you take is someone else's permission slip. Someone else gets to walk that path a bit more easily. And when we can get out of the way and see that larger mission, and it doesn't stand a chance against the I'm not ready yet story. <laughs> of course not. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So much goodness in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I think Marianne Williamson has said it, you know, when, when you are feeling stressed about a new move or a new path and you're looking for the how and trying to plan how it goes, which by the way, it never goes according to plan anyways. I actually have a client that just realized this eight months into us working together. She's like, I'm going to stop asking for a plan at the end of our sessions because it hasn't worked out. But when we're putting, when we're setting ourselves up really 
to a, in a lose-lose situation because we're we're planning and we're worried about the how, then we're actually not trusting. We're, we're putting the, how does she say it? We're putting the trust in only ourselves and we're not trusting that we're supported by the universe. Oh. And I forget what triangle it is. I keep looking it up on Google, but there's some sort of triangle where it comes in regards to um, like manif- manifesting either whether it be big or small manifestations that you are just one single point in this triangle of what it takes to manifest that the universe is on one corner. And I, I forgot what the other corner is, but <laughs> you had the same equal part, you know, there's, there's aligned action and then there's overworking yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you have the same equal part in making this desire, this deep calling and you happen that the universe does. And to believe that you are the only one, is just putting undue stress on yourself and really inhibiting you from bringing your gifts forward into this world now. Oh my gosh. I can't resonate with that enough. That is alive for me. It's like trusting that everything is working out for you. And there are moments where you just feel that even in like moments where you surprise yourself. I think those are moments to celebrate, Mm -hmm. right? When something goes right, you're like, yeah, everything's working out in my favor, but what about when something doesn't quite go the way you wanted? Can we still believe everything's going to be okay? Everything actually is working out in my favor. I always grow through it. And I think that that's the edge. Like that is where the magic happens when you can believe that, when you can like hold your vision, when there's no evidence, when something can go wrong and you can say, you know what, I can allow myself to feel disappointed and I know that I'm going to be okay. I know that everything's working out in my favor. I don't quite know the path, right? And I feel like this is something that I'm moving through as well with like shifts in my relationship and just like higher self is like, yes, everything's going to be okay. Everything's working out in your favor. And then that like tenderness, that inner child is like, wait, but I need to know what's the percentage chance. (laughs) That everything feels safe. <laughs> like, wait, but like, what? Okay, how's it gonna look in a month? In two months, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's getting... um. Have you ever seen the movie Tommy Boy? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's my favorite movie. Okay. Um, I memorized all the words when I was like seven. So my father thought it was great to bring me to parties because it was like a PG thirteen movie, and here I am saying all like reenacting these scenes. But there's a part where you know t- the. Tommy, who's played by Chris Farley, is trying to sell these brake bats to save his father's company that's going under to uh, a, an automotive sh- shop owner. And they they are fighting back and forth because there's no guarantee on the box. And so I just heard, you know, we, we, we were looking for that guarantee. There's no guarantee on the box. And there's that's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. <laughs> it isn't. It's just Gosh, isn't that wild? We're just searching for the guarantee. And like, that is the one certain, (laughs) certain thing in life is that there is no guarantee. There's no guarantee to be able to let go of that is a superpower. Mm -hmm. That's a superpower that I'm looking for. I don't care about flying right now. (laughs) Give me the ability to just be in uncertainty and like, Oh, really love that. And I think, you know, you, there is a way that you do create a new normal for yourself. I think that it's 
it's surprising for people sometimes to realize that they're comfortable in their own suffering. What do you mean? I'm addicted to the struggle. What? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it's an, it's, it's been the baseline. So then you start to shift things and then your new, your baseline does shift. So you can start to like really feel actually safe within change. You know, like people who love to travel or people who love, like, I know I can't run the pro the same program, like five times. It's always different. I'm always launching new things because I actually find safety in that. I find like, that's my baseline. Anything out of that, I feel all of a sudden like, oh God, something's got to change, right? Mm -hmm. It's not. So we do get to change our baseline. We can with practice, right? Like get to that place of, wow, I really enjoy uncertainty right? Like I, I love it. We can, it's identity work too, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person who so much of business growth and leadership growth is like that anchoring into an identity of what's true for you and the kind of person that you are. It's a big topic. <laughs> so big. And it's, it's like, you read my mind. I was just about to, and I was like, how can I connect these two? They feel connected. I had such an identity around being a victim of circumstance for so long. And I think it's, you know, it's something that's generational and something that I had inherited. And I remember speaking for the most of my, I had this, I had a traumatic accident when I, in 1999, when I was a, a little girl at an amusement park, I was in an amusement park accident. My father lost his life three times. They brought him back. I, I thought I, I remember speaking to myself saying, Okay, this is it, Angelica. You're you're dying. You can't breathe. You're done. Yeah. And then waking up on the rocks and this huge experience. And I the lesson within that for myself is that I I wholeheartedly believe that I did die and I came back to serve my purpose in this world. Beyond that, I held that story from friends, from family because I thought it was a part of my identity. I held it so close. Until my senior year of high school, we had these, what they called senior voices, where the seniors made a speech to the entire school. And I made the decision to share it. Looking back on it now, I made that decision because I wanted to surprise everyone and like to share something they didn't know about me. And it was like a bit, right? I made it, made, I made it mean something huge because, and sharing it was like such a big shedding of my identity, but I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. until I let that go. And then the more I shared that story, the less it meant. And the, I mean, it's still, you know, the lesson was still there. I, I came back to serve my purpose. I just wasn't the victim anymore. And I'm noticing these layers of holding these stories, how much, how, how often we give our power away by giving them the power over us. Oh, I have the chills listening to that. <laughs> and I thank you for sharing that with me. And it's true that we, you know, someone asked me this because I run a program called Storytelling Mastery and someone reached out and said, you know, I love, I love that. And I want to tell my story. And, you know, so many spiritual teachings are about like transcending your story. It's about like being, you are more than your identity. You're more mm -hmm. than the stories. And that was such a beautiful question because I got to reflect on it. And really what we're talking about right now is like in telling the story in like, you actually neutralize like the charge around the story mm -hmm. and it becomes like 
these things that happened and look at these beautiful yes. lessons and we are the meaning makers. And then you, tr- you only transcend the story once you own the story, once you like tell the story and you understand through that, that you were never the story. Mm-hmm. And so it's this like beautiful shift. And I think that when we, when we stop at just telling the story, like, this is my story, this is my story versus like, we get to rise above it. Even if it's like a success story, you're not that story mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Mm, so important to make that distinction. Yeah. So important. Oh, how wonderful. Okay. So pivoting just a little bit here, what would you, what words of advice? Actually, that even seems so superficial. What intention would you share with somebody who is in that starter limbo? If they want to quit their job or jump into a relationship that scares them, but in a good way, or, share what's on their their hearts to their family for their first time ever. What's the intention that you would love to instill? What magic wand intention would you want to instill on them? Mm. One thing that comes to mind, which is said so much is really the growth. Everything that you're seeking is on the other side of the hard thing. Like, and you don't have to struggle to win in life. But like, if you are feeling the doubts and the fears and all of those things, like it, it is truly on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what creates depth. It's a contrast and such a gift. Like there's no beauty without you experiencing some of the darkness. Right. And there's no like, wow, that confidence that I did it, that showing yourself what you're made of. If you don't, leap. And, you know, also if this is someone who's like in starter limbo, I think just what we talked about today of not needing to know how everything's going to work out right away, but starting with what lights you up the most. Mm -hmm. I always tell my people, like you can do all the things you can have all the programs, you can have your retreat center, you can do this, but start at what's most exciting for you right now. You can do it once. You don't like it. You change it. Like you are the ult- you are the CEO. You are the CEO of your own life. And as you would say, your business is your employee, <laughs> right? Start where it lights you up the most. And then also like, make sure you do the work yourself. I mean, we're never fully healed. We're never fully like, yeah, I'm a hundred percent confident. But before we dive in, we're like, oh gosh, you know, I heard I should be vulnerable. It's like, explore that within yourself. Start like, if this is a story that you want to tell, like, or a business you want to start, but you've never shared your truth or you've never shared on social, like just start small, start to like share what you care about, start to like have more vulnerable conversations with your journal, then the people closest Mm -hmm. to you who you trust, then with your taxi driver, right? Like that is the way (laughs) that you like, you know, you don't risk like really traumatizing yourself as you just Mm -hmm. start to like explore it. And this is so much of the work that I did in my empowerment containers is like exploring shame, where it lives, understanding what it is. Um, Daring Greatly is an amazing book by Brene Brown that I love and really understanding yourself and then starting to like share your truth with people, starting to do the vulnerability work. 
And through there, like things just naturally flow, mm. you know, before anyone launches an offer, I'm like, Hey, start to like breathe life into your community through talking about like the, the community that you're creating, the vision that you have, like what you care about, some of your vulnerable stories or some of your, some of what you care about tied back to your bigger mission before you even launch an offer, right? Like you don't need to <laughs> like just run to the finish line. You just get to start. And that's where momentum builds. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I, this, this, it reminds me, I recently did an attunement for one of the women in our leadership mastermind and her, she wanted to, as a business coach, she wanted to speak to her new sexual prowess and how that's had momentum in her business and how the two are connected. But she was like, how do I, how do I start doing that? And I heard with, within her healing, you are a master of your passions. You don't have to worry about how you don't need to go get the certification because the fact that you have the passion is the, is the certification in of itself. So I want to, I did want to speak to that. And I I, I I do that so much. (laughs) And, And, you know, reflecting on really the importance of highlighting the steps don't need to be big steps really small. I mean, I remember two years ago posting, I think it was after I read You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. She said, you start small, post on social media, something little. And I posted a picture of a flower in my window with a roomy quote and I was shaking because nobody had seen this quote, unquote, this side of me before. Guess who noticed? No one, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. It's that identity work. It's like, am I the mm-hmm. kind of person who can do this? Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. Oof, I love your magic. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. This is just so natural and so fun. Yeah. Would you like to share um, what you have ahead of you and also where people can find you? Yeah, Absolutely. I hang out on Instagram at Shoshana underscore Raven, and I love connecting. I love connecting with new people. I'm the one reading my DMs. I'm the one in my emails, like people, my people, it's everything. So if anything today resonated with you or stuck out to you, or you just want to say hi, you can send me a message on Instagram and I would love to connect with you. Mm. Um, And then I also have, you know, my website, ShoshanaRaven.com has most of my offers on there. Usually what's like in launch in the moment. Um, Yeah. You're in my leadership mastermind. That's like my favorite and (laughs) my business accelerator. If someone's in starter limbo in their business and really wants like both the mindset and leadership work, but also like the the grounded strategy and structure that's really, really transformational, um, especially in the beginning stages. Um, and yeah, I'm just so happy to be here and and to connect. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for your insights, your stories, your wisdom. I just love you so much. Thank you. I love you. <laughs>